It's Daily Thunder, booming out the truth of Jesus Christ from the Ellerslie campus in Windsor, Colorado. To learn more, go to ellerslie.com. Well, Eric, it's good to be back with you in the studio. We've been walking through just life lessons, just lessons that have really impacted the two of us and even just the world at Ellerslie. We're talking about this idea of taking steps downward or, or, or embracing the lowest seat. Could you unpack this? Because this is definitely not a popular message uh, in the modern world. I think it goes against our cultural pattern. It goes against our human pattern. Our human pattern pattern is to elevate ourselves, is to be more visible, more seen, more appreciated, applauded. And we want to put our best foot forward so that we get the best possible uh, popularity rating we can. And that that's just what we all understand innately, instinctively, intrinsically. God is going to train us in a different pattern. He's going to say, okay, look, the kingdom of heaven is opposite of this. And in the kingdom of heaven, we speak a different language. You guys speak selfishness down on that earth. In heaven, we speak humility. We're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, theologically, I, I agree with you, God. And then the the kicker comes in when he says, and I want you to speak it too. <laughs> in other words, what is true in heaven, he wants to bring to this earth. And that's part of the working of the cross. It's not just our salvation from our mistakes down here on this earth, but the fact that God Almighty who dwells in heaven, who came to this earth in human form, has triumphed over the grave and now sits enthroned on high and sends forth his Holy Spirit to live inside of this body and to conform it into his image. Well, what is his image like? Well, we know it's loving, but do we recognize that it's humble? And the same humility that is going to lead the highest of all highs to the lowest of low places is the same thing he's inviting us into. It's like, I want to teach you how to Take the lowest seat when you enter into any room. I want you to learn how to step down from your throne and to allow that working of grace in you so that I can unlock the power of God in and through you. So that's that's at least the the beginnings of it. That's so good. I, <clears throat> I really appreciate what Paul says in a, the beginning part of a, uh, Philippians chapter 2, where he says, do nothing out of selfish ambition. And I read that, I'm like, that is so not American. Uh, and I, he wasn't, obviously, but <clears throat> but it's amazing how you know our thought is, you know, like pick you know pick yourself up by your bootstraps and stomp on people to get to the next level. And yet Paul's like, okay, nothing in your life should actually be marked by that selfishness, that pride. Rather, you're to consider others more important than yourself. And it is such a dramatic shift. And it is amazing to think that if I mean, could you imagine gathering a body of people together? who live like this, yeah. it would so stun the world, uh, so much so we'd probably have to call it the church. Uh, but, <laughs> but it is amazing how even in the church, we actually don't live this way. We, we actually are very guarded where, you know, someone sits in our pew and we're like, excuse me, that's my reserve seat, you know? And and we, we just tend to be just naturally self-focused. And yet over and over and over again, scripture declares that God is so against pride that he just he can't he can't work with it. Do you want to flesh out? We a lot, well, a lot of times here we talk about the the stiff arm idea or the uh, setting the army against. Do you want to kind uh, of flesh even that out? Yeah, because I think that could be helpful. Yeah, you know, that key statement that says God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. And 
when you try and create a visual, a metaphorical understanding of how this works, one of the ways that we've described it is that when you give your life to Jesus and you transfer from the kingdom of darkness, which is self-effort, my ability to carry out and try and produce righteousness, which is as filthy rags in heaven, now I'm translating or transferring into a different kingdom, and it's the kingdom of the dear son, and it's a kingdom of faith. And when I enter into that relationship with the king, I now, it's like I'm attached to a pipeline. And the pipeline flows from the headwaters of the throne of grace. And what's inside this pipeline is pure grace. And it comes forth into our life in various forms, like joy is one of the graces that's going to come into our life. Love is going to be poured out in our hearts in and through this same process. And so the very virtues of heaven cascade inside of us. When we function in pride, self-effort, what we do is we, in a sense, turn the gate valve and close off the grace. So it's the equivalent of God saying, I can't bless that. (laughs) I, I can't give to that. I can't strengthen that. However, when you humble yourself, when you agree with God's pattern, it opens up that channel, that that uh, that pipeline, and it actually strengthens us. So humility is, you could say, by definition of the Christian life, the entry into strength. When you humble yourself, you have breakthrough. And so there's a lot of people probably listen to this that they're struggling, and they're, they're struggling with a obstruction in their spiritual growth, their life. They're feeling low. They're feeling thin spiritually. Oftentimes, it is a step of humility of either acknowledging, Lord, I've, you know, I've grown cold in my relationship with you. Lord, I've, I've lost first things and the things that I know are most important. I have put them in a lower position in my life. Lord, I've offended someone in my life and I've sort of refused to humble myself and acknowledge that. I've been proud. And these things, when we're willing to acknowledge it, actually are entry points into the fullness of grace. And anyone who has ever walked through that, where they're willing to say, this behavior is wrong, I acknowledge it. What they find is a flow of grace in and through their life. I'm so, and no one ever regrets having humbled themselves. That's what's so interesting. Everyone is always like, that was the greatest decision I ever made, but it's hard at the outset. That's so true. One thing I've been just pondering over the last season is when we when we talk about the idea that we are men and women of faith, right? That we are the ones who actually believe, uh, we trust. Uh, we don't say this, but yet <clears throat> unspoken, the undercurrent of faith is actually humility, because there is actually impossible for me to say, God, I actually need you. Uh, God, I I I'm going to put my trust in you because I can't. You can. In other words, it, it demands faith, demands humility, dependence demands humility. If, if I'm a if I'm a branch abiding in the vine, that uh, abiding surrender dependency demands humility. It, it's that saying, okay, I, I can't produce fruit. I, I can't have life on my own. So I'm going to literally let go of myself and embrace the source of life, that vine yeah. for everything that I need for life and godliness. And so I find it interesting that, and, and it's maybe it's just a sad uh, commentary on our current day, but we have all these churches and believers who are saying, yes, I'm people of faith, and yet they're incredibly self-focused and incredibly selfish, which actually I think reveals the state of their faith. Because if I'm actually going to be walking in faith, true faith, it's going to demand that I actually humble myself and and get low to the ground, which is actually what the word in Greek means, right? It has this idea of like getting your face down low to the ground, which is, uh, you know, if, uh, if, if I come in your presence, right, I, I, I bow 
Uh, okay, I don't yeah. do that. But <laughs> but you know, if I was going to go to the, if I was going to go to England and I, I meet the king, right? The proper protocol is that I actually humble myself and and I put my face lower to the ground. If that is true for a king uh, on this on this earth. How much more the king of all kings? Uh, would you even just flesh out? Okay, how do we walk in humility? I know Peter says that we are to be clothed with humility. In other words, yeah. it's actually one of the marks of a believer yeah. that Jesus says we're to be known by love. Peter says we're, we're known by humility. They actually mm-hmm. work hand in hand. But how do we begin to actually walk in this mm-hmm. thing? Okay, all right, great. You guys are talking about be humble, yeah. but what does that mean to actually begin to do that? Yeah, there's there's a, first of all, it's a grace. It's a grace work in us, but it's also an agreement within our inner man of the need that we have for God and his sufficiency, that we can't do this. It's really hard for us to acknowledge that we can't do something. Uh, I cannot produce the righteousness that truly would earn me the right to enter into the heavenly realms. It doesn't seem very hard for me to say that right now because I've been saying it for many, many years. I can't do that. I know that theologically, doctrinally. But then there's an, a working out of that reality at so many levels. I remember I just come back from college. I'm probably around 19, 20 years old at the time. I'm living with my my parents and I'm trying to figure things out. I'm wanting to live radically for Jesus and I, when you come back home, you recognize a lot of pride. Uh, there's something about family that is, it's harder to acknowledge weakness in front of family than it is someone that you're not related to. And I'm not exactly sure what that is, but it's, it's real. And so I was wrestling through various things. I remember I had a breakthrough with my brother where I humbled myself and I was sort of learning and exercising this agreement where God's saying, take a lower position, Eric. And so it's, it starts with uh, recognizing that I need his grace, yes, and I need him to help me with this. But then there's also an agreement that I have with saying, yes, Lord, I'm willing to go low in this situation. So with my brother, that was probably the hardest. Uh, I had a lot of pride in that relationship. But then I remember exercising it, even just around town, that there's a cool disposition that the culture will always train you in. You know, back in the day, we used to always call it the strut, you know, and you had a certain movement and there's certain clothes you wear, there's certain attitudes you have, there's certain ways that you lean against the counter that give off the air that you have the cool or the hip vibe. And I remember deliberately choosing to not try and cultivate the hip vibe. Now, to some people out there, that would be, I mean, like as scary as all get out. Uh, but and it was, it was fairly scary for me too, because I'd always sort of been like, I at least tried for the cool zone of culture, right? And now I'm a Christian. What does that look like? How do I cultivate this? And so one of the, there's multiple things I did. Uh, and that was, I'd always smile at people whenever they'd walk by, I'd look them in the eye and I'd smile. And then I started to wave. And so like, I wouldn't wave if you were just walking by me on the <laughs> sidewalk, I wouldn't be like this, but I would acknowledge and so many people would ignore me. And when I drive down the street, I would, and this is in South Denver, right? And it's just, you don't wave, you know, maybe out in the country in some farm town, but not in South Denver. And so I would just risk, it was a risk for me to wave knowing that 90% of the people that are going to drive by me will not wave back. And there's a dignity thing. It's like, if I knew that they're not going to wave back, then I'm not going to wave in the first place. And that's part of it right there is taking the risk to initiate in humility to say, it's okay. 
even if you reject my wave, I'm still going to give it. Of course, that's the Christ model. He is going to initiate with humility and he's going to be scorned. He's going to be rejected, but that doesn't stop him from continuing in his humility and continuing in his love and his mercy. And so, you know, the, the smile, the, the, the wave, and then cultivating the humor because, you know, when I'm going through my younger years, I'm learning to cultivate a humor that makes me look good. Okay, it makes me look smart or uh, it makes me look cunning. I don't, I don't know what the, the term would be. It makes me look, you know, like I, I've got it together. I can, but oftentimes humor in that zone is belittling those around you. And so it's learning how to have that sense of humor that actually you pay for the, the laughs with your own reputation. In other words, you're willing to bring laughter into the room because you move low. And you're willing to tell a story about yourself. You're willing to not make other people pay uh, for the laughter, but you're willing to pay. And again, these are like small little things that each of us can begin to wrestle with to, to just move forward out of this zone of me, me, me into you, 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 him, him, him. That's where we live as believers. That's so good. <clears throat> One of the things I've realized when it comes to the area of humility, it's probably true with patience too. But the moment you desire to start walking in that direction, God gives ample opportunity to live it. In other words, he will give us countless opportunities throughout the day where it's like, okay, choose in this moment. There's that great story where that idea of taking the lowest seat comes from, which I think is Luke 14, where Jesus says, if you're invited to a banquet, which again, is not our context in our modern yeah. world, but in the, in those days, if you were invited, that actually said something you were in the, you were in the the cool crowd, to use your term. <laughs> I never got invited to such things. But uh, but it's like, okay, if you got invited to the banquet, that actually says something about you and your reputation. But then where you sat at the table was really significant. So the closer you sat to the head of the table, especially if you had the right and the left seat to the, to the head, that was like prime position. And so Jesus says, when, when you come to a banquet and you, you look around and you're like, you start noticing who's there. And the first thought you have is, you know what? I'm so glad they invited me because look at all this just riffraff. Jesus says, if you, if you <laughs> presume that you're the best in the room and you go sit at the head, near the head of the table, he goes, do you realize how humiliating it is when the host comes and goes, ah, I'm so sorry. I you know I would have put you a few more seats down, but those are already now taken and this seat's reserved. So you go to the end and you have to have that walk of shame. Jesus says, actually be far better to come into a room and the first thing you see is, all right, I'm just so glad I'm invited. I'm going to take the lowest seat. Because then when the host comes and says, what on earth are you doing at the end? Move on up. It actually shows a sign of honor. And it's interesting. We actually have those opportunities all throughout our day. Now, probably not banquets, but it's just the little things throughout the day where it's like, okay, will will I defend myself? Will I speak up and try to clarify someone's mis, you know misconception of me? Or, you know, there, there was this mistake and, and do I want to... Like there are those opportunities that we have where someone says something or we're in a situation and it's just like, okay, do I, do I actually speak and, you know, play my cards or do I just be silent? You know, do I hold the door open for the little old lady coming through? And it's just those little opportunities that actually God gives us to train in this thing called humility that actually then affects our spiritual life, I think in a very profound way. Yeah. Could you talk through, you made a list yeah. of just aspects of Jesus, because Jesus obviously is the humble one. In other words, when you look at the what humility looks like practically, Jesus is our example. 
but you had this long list of like, just how do we know or ways that we could be walking in humility? Will you walk yeah, through that? Cause I, I thought that was profound. I called this, uh, the steps downward. It can be misleading because downward could sound like hell. And that's not what this is. This is a step down into the position of calling or humility. The same way Jesus is going to step down from his high position when he takes on this form. And this isn't necessarily all of what Christ went through, but this is what he invites us into because he didn't have the same sin package uh, that we do. Uh, so first of all, there's a willingness to acknowledge wrong. And that's that's a hard step for many uh, people is just to acknowledge, okay, that was wrong. But then that progresses to a willingness to confess sin publicly. It's like, okay, I'm willing to privately say that that was wrong or even to God to say it was wrong, but then to actually bring it up to someone else publicly to say, yeah, I just want you to know that what I did was wrong. Whew, those are hard, but that's just sort of the beginning of the journey that God wants to take us on. Then you have willingness to laugh at my own embarrassments. Willingness to be rebuked by elders, that's that's hard. You know, just to be able to take your correction well is, a, is an issue of humility. And then willingness to be rebuked by, as I say here, donkeys. <laughs> In other words, those that aren't your elders, it's sort of like, why are they speaking into my, I don't want to hear from them. It's hard to hear from someone whose life isn't altogether perfect either. And that can be a challenge in and of itself, but God may speak uh, through a donkey. How Sometimes are you literally. Listen? Yeah, literally. Yeah. <laughs> it's happened. Uh, willingness to appear a failure. We don't want to look like we're a failure, but are you willing to walk through it, the circumstance, and even allow people to think what they want? Willingness to have your good evil spoken of. Willingness to have the credit given elsewhere. Willingness to be mocked. Willingness to be falsely accused. Willingness to be treated as less than human. Willingness to give up everything, even life. Willingness to be stripped of covering. Willingness to be thought of as a criminal. Willingness to suffer as a criminal. And willingness to die as a criminal. And of course, Jesus models this. He models this step downward. And I think what we are challenged by is are we willing to follow? Are we willing to say, yes, Lord, that's the better way. That is actually the superior way. When we walk in humility, that is the beginning of revival in our own life, but it's also the beginning of revival in this world. And when we walk in humility, that's the revival of a marriage. That's the revival of a family. When we walk in pride, that's the death knell of the very same things. And so humility is the starter package. And so for anyone listening that knows that they are needing a fresh infusion of God, they are needing something fresh in their marriage, fresh in their walk with God, fresh in their family relationships, fresh in their church relationships, I don't care what it is, start here. This is, I mean, we're calling this a life lesson for a reason. This is, for my life, so critical. I've, every breakthrough, I could almost trace it back to this of saying, Lord, thank you. Thank you for breaking me, for bringing me to that place of openness, of brokenness, of readiness to say, okay, I, I, I'm willing to look weak in front of my friends, in front of my family, in front of my brothers and sisters in Christ. I, okay, I accept it. And then that's where strength has come into my life. That's so good. Uh, if someone's wanting to go even deeper in this topic, I really encourage them to read Andrew Murray's book, Humility. It's one of those books that we have our students read uh, I try to read at least once or twice a year, but there's this great statement that Andrew Murray says, there's something profound about humility because water always runs to the lowest place. 
And there's something beautiful about God's grace and God's mercy that when I walk in humility, it actually allows that reality, as you've been saying, that uh, pipeline to be open so I can experience the fullness of what God is wanting in my life, which is just uh, beautiful. And we need a generation of men and women who are walking in this reality, this reality of humility. Just as a one quick reminder too, uh, this is, we're about one week away from the end of our scholarship giveaway. And if someone is interested in just being here and practically walking through these kind of truths, uh, we're going to weigh 10 full ride scholarships. We'd love to have them just be here in person for our summer, our week long or our fall uh, discipleship trainings. And uh, this deadline to sign up for those scholarship giveaways is the 15th. And we'll put a link in the, the show notes, but we'd love to have you consider joining us. Daily Thunder is a listener-supported production of Ellerslie Discipleship Training. At Ellerslie, we are laboring to rouse the Church of Jesus Christ out of its lethargy and build brave-hearted Christians for such a time as this. If you'd like to learn more about Ellerslie, our discipleship programs, or support the ministry financially, please go to ellerslie.com to learn more. Thanks for listening.